right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Uh, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. We welcome into the big show Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Spec, how was the weekend, big fella? It's a great weekend. Lots of, uh, I watched a couple of hockey games. Yeah. Watched a little bit of that Jets game last night. <laughs> Yeah, Kansas City thought that the Jets were going to give it to him finally, and they blew it in the end. Oh, and you know, you hear all—have you heard all the conspiracy theories now because of that one uh, uh, pass interference penalty? Uh, no, well, I haven't heard that. I so, heard that. Uh, yeah. I heard that when. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, just a, there was a penalty. The Jets got flagged for a pi uh, late in the game. Um, the Jets weren't happy about the call, and then everyone's saying, yeah. well, you know, everybody wants Kansas City and Kelsey and Swift to win and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we always hear that kind of stuff, I guess. That was, you know what, like that was one of those penalties like they call when they call holding and they say you could call holding on every play. Mm-hmm. That guy, that uh, Sauce I think was Gardner. 11. Okay. Yeah. Sorry? Uh, Sauce Gardner, I think, was the guy that got flagged. Yeah, Sauce Gardner. He's he's holding them well past the five-yard mark. You could easily call that penalty. The problem is every DB is doing that on every play, so why did you call it on that penalty? Right. The refs get themselves – the game puts the refs in a really wicked hard place because when they finally do throw a flag, they say, well, here's 10 examples of where you didn't throw a flag. But if they threw a flag on every play, we'd say, the refs are ruining the game. (laughs) So – that's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the announcement of Brandon Sutter, uh, did that yeah. catch you off guard? Were you a little surprised by that? Well, you know what? I did. Th- yeah, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I okay. did think that on Saturday night in Vancouver, he looked kind of slow. And I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe just whatever. It's one preseason game. I wasn't going to make any big judgments. Mm-hmm. But I kind of put it in my mental f- file and thought, watch Sutter. If he doesn't speed up, there's going to be trouble here. Uh, and then the next day they come out and say he's not only is they release him, he's retiring. I haven't been able to talk to people yet this morning. It's 8 a.m., mm-hmm. but uh, 7 a.m. in the Pacific uh, time zone. But what's clearly happening here is he's not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. He's just the, the long COVID that he thought he had beat. He hasn't beaten it. Uh, he's clearly suffering. And, and for him to just completely retire from hockey tells me, uh, it's back, and uh, he can't do it. So it's an awful shame because, uh, you know, here's a guy who's been sick for over two years now, and he finally gets his life back and his profession back, and then it gets taken away again. Mm-hmm. How does this open it up for the other uh, guys on the team? Yeah, like PTOs, well, the other guys, I guess, spec is what Lorianne's trying to get. I like the, you know, the Adam Ernie's yeah. and guys like that. Uh, well, sure, but none of them are Brandon, Brandon Sutter. Mm-hmm. None of them are a six foot three right shot centerman. You know, I think the guy I've liked the best who I might slot in there would be Peterson. I think he's been pretty good, you know, and I always looked at him and thought, it doesn't matter how good you are. If Sutter's better, if Sutter's Sutter, you're not going to get the job, son. But now Sutter's not Sutter. Sutter can't play, and that job's wide open. I don't. Um, you know, I guess I could be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that when May and June come along that I think Peterson's my solution for a fourth-line center. But I'll tell you what, you might get me to the trade deadline and let's take it from there. How about that? Yeah, fair. Um, I When I watch Peterson uh, so far, I just see him like he's he's there, but he could t- 
do some so much more. He could initiate a lot more than what he's kind of uh, doing. He's a little more. Um, he's not. He's he's not initiating. He's he's proactive in the sense where he's kind of waiting for things to happen instead of trying to make things happen. Is that a fair sure. assessment on it? What do you think with him? Yeah, he, he skates really well. He's a big body. I don't see him as being very physical, mm-hmm. and that's a prerequisite for you know. It's, remember, Edmonton has a third line center in McLeod who's big and skates well and isn't physical. So if you're going to have a fourth line center who's big and fast and isn't physical, you're going to have a soft group of forwards mm-hmm. because Drysdale and McDavid they're hard in their own way, but they're not drilling you all the time. So somebody down the middle's got to be physical. On this Edmonton team, it's got to be a fourth line center. So yeah, that's to me that's important. I want a guy that grinds, a guy that helps to make you harder to play against. And and uh, I'm not sure Peterson's that guy. Maybe we're going to watch him closely here. And he's got to see opportunity at this point. So maybe he'll figure it out. Do you think uh, we're a couple of months away from even thinking about Sam Gagne in this in a role on the fourth line? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been able to play in the preseason, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to come back and be a physical player? Sam Smaller. I, I just, you know what? Like to me, every I've said this before on the show, Kev. Every Stanley Cup champion I've ever covered, and I've covered a few, either their third line center or their fourth line center is a face-off winning, mm-hmm. strong, hard penalty killing veteran, experienced player. And Sam might be that guy. I don't know anymore because he's had double hip surgery and let's find out if he can ever be that guy. I'm not sure Peterson's that guy. Sutter was that guy. Mm-hmm. Sutter was that guy. And I, I'm if I'm Ken Holland, I'm on the lookout for another Sutter. Yeah. I'm on the lookout for an experienced face-off winning, penalty-killing guy that's big and a little bit gnarly. And... You know what? There's got to be one out there somewhere, and you got a few months yet to find them. Yeah, they're just hard to find. They are there, oh, yeah. but and then you know it's got to fit cap wise. It's got to fit chemistry wise. It, I mean, it's it's tough to do. That's why they thought they had one in Sutter for sure. Uh, Mark Spector. Hey, listen, if yeah, you're searching for a fourth line center, there's some teams are looking for a first line center. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, no, no worries about that here in Edmonton. Yeah, they got three pretty good centers. They're looking for, and in the meantime, Derek Ryan's going to slot in there. And he'll cover you, mm-hmm. right? He'll cover you. He's not the ideal guy, but he can cover you. Yeah, and I'm fine with that too. Again, there's still tweaking yeah. that can happen for months here, for sure. Uh, Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice, Carius Munzer, Sports 1440. Uh, we had the commissioner on uh, earlier, Spec, talking about uh, George Reed passed away um, yesterday. Um, again, we're about the same age, where we probably remember just a little bit when he was uh, playing yeah. in the in the early years. What what were your uh, recollections? of uh, the great George Reed. Yeah, I can remember a playoff game in um, in uh, Clark Stadium as a young kid, oh. and it was Lancaster and Reed, and uh, it was a cold, cold day, and I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would that have been? Would that have been 74? No, he was he, his, his last year was 75, technically. Uh, he didn't play yeah, in the so. 76 season, so uh, you're uh, you're probably about 74. You're talking about that in that in that area. Yeah, 73, there. 74. Yeah. So I'm like eight years old, man. Yeah. So that's what it is for oh. me. I can just remember the adults around me as as Lancaster gave it to Reed every time on second and four, and he made the first <laughs> down every time. I can just recall the adults going, man. 
we uh, like how do you how are we supposed to we, if we don't stop 34 we're never going to win this game that's yeah. the part i remember and he just was a big hard rambling fullback i guess halfback i don't know what we called him back then but mm-hmm. no uh, just, just a, a big... fantastic nhl player i knew yeah. georgette reed here at the u of a yeah a little bit and uh you know what he was an iconic cfl player whose name we're talking about 50 years past his retirement almost uh, and that pretty much tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, he was just a fabulous uh, person. Uh, if you ever got to interview him, I'm sure you did over the years. Uh, but he was just uh, as as great of a player he was on the field. He was a nicer guy off the field. And you can't say that about too many people, really. Um, no, no one on this show. No, you got that right, Spec. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Well, hey, but what about the Duke of Delburn? Hey, the Duke, he, he's been, uh, he was on fire this weekend. He was at a wedding in Calgary, went to his niece's birthday party. You can't beat that. Wow, two-stepping, eh? <laughs> well, it was, it, we, we were talking about all of his uh, farming exploits uh, and, and skim milk last Friday, so I thought maybe we'll get into some of that today. Um, Mark Spector uh, on the mark joins us uh, every day, 8 o'clock, Sports 1440, Carius Munzer. Uh, so you watched a little of that Kansas City Jets game last night, Speck. What was your thoughts on just the whole – everyone's talking about Kelsey and Swift, and they're getting so much exposure. So many people are – there's more fans watching the games now. They're, it's that simple. People are watching. Yeah, and the Kelsey jersey is yeah. selling out across the country. It's up, what, three, 400%? Um, hey, this is gold for any league. <laughs> yes. I mean, like the NFL doesn't need more fans. They got they got every they got more than enough. It's the one league that could never have a fresh new fan come in and be good <laughs> for about fifty years. Uh, but here they open up, you know, millions, mm-hmm. right? Millions and millions of of female, mostly females, right? younger girls who would probably never care about football. If they're anything like when my daughter was that age, yeah. they could care less about football. And here they are. I don't know. Are they all watching Kansas city play really? Or are they just buying the Jersey? Whatever it is, uh, you know, there's no PR strategist on earth that could find <laughs> a way to get a 13 year old girl who doesn't like football to start liking football. And that's what Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey have done. Text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty from Radley. The league is loving the extra attention that Swizzy is drawing to it. Countless new fans who never gave a second thought about the sport are suddenly invested in it. Their TVs are tuned in. Social media is exploding. Massive, massive talk which benefits the league. Uh, they are going to hammer the free advertising as hard as they can. Basically, that's it in a, in a nutshell, Spec. Oh, that's it. It's, you know, I I don't know what, uh, you know, the question would be around the boardroom in in, uh, wherever the headquarters Mm -hmm. for the NFL is, New York, I guess. How do we exploit this? How do we, what do we do that we have all these people and all these kids? What happens now? How do we turn this into dollars? Because we know the NFL is about one thing and one thing only, and that's making money, Mm -hmm. right? What move do we make? What product do we sell, right? You know, sure, they're watching our football games. Big deal. What we need to do is find something that they're all going to buy, right? Yeah. That's what the NFL is talking about this morning. And I think you're going to see something coming, whether it's a Travis Kelsey jersey with a Taylor Swift uh, style to it or whatever it is, you're going to see the NFL react to this thing and try to ride this train as far as they can, pal. Man, for sure. <laughs> uh, let's double back to the Oilers uh, in Seattle tonight. 
Uh, and we've been talking about this for two weeks. Finally, we're down to the final three games, I guess, of the uh, preseason. Um, roster sort of announced a little bit yesterday. We haven't kind of seen this. Usually we, we kind of have to wait till the morning, but um, uh, and a reporter out of Seattle kind of spilled the beans yesterday. Uh, did you have a look at the roster for tonight's spec? Have you been able to? I did not. I can expect it'll be a pretty good one for the orders. What's, mm-hmm. What are we saying? Well, okay. So CC Gleason, Ryan, Janmark, Hyman, Peterson, Ernie, Griffith, Malone, Kulak, Drysaddle, Pickard, Campbell, Borgo, Holloway, Hamlin, Lavoie, Kemp, Deneen, Broberg, McDavid. So you get the two big nuts, Drysaddle and McDavid going. So that, that tells me that they're not going to play one of the games, I guess, this week at home. Would that well, have, be, they, have they both played one game? One each? game, yeah, just the one game here, the overtime. Well, this uh, is going to be two games each with two games left. Here's what McDavid told me one time. Yeah. He said, I need three games, and then I want to know if I need the fourth game. He says, I probably don't need the fourth game. Like I'm paraphrasing him a little mm-hmm. bit here, but basically give me three games and then leave me a fourth game to be able to, if I need it, it's there for me. Or if the coach says I need to play the fourth game for the team, he says, I'll play the fourth game. Yeah. I'm not telling the coach I'm not playing, right? Yeah. So this is how it sets up. Both these guys are going to have two games under their belt with two to play. And then I have a feeling, this is my reading the tea leaves, Drysaddle and McDavid both get an opportunity to tell the say to Woody, I'd like both these games. I'd like only one of these games. Yeah. Uh, and then the coach can say, hey, we got an injury. We need one of you to play a fourth game. And, the, and if it's McDavid or Drysaddle, I'm sure they'd say, sure. So that's how this thing unfolds. It unfolded pretty much the same way last year, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Um so that's where we're at. We'll, so probably you're right. Probably, certainly McDavid will play one of the last two. I don't know what Drysaddle prefers if he yeah. wants four. The Drysaddle I know probably be happy with three because uh, you saw the way he reacted when he took a hit from Amon the other night. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that interested in getting no. injured in preseason. And I don't blame him one bit. No. Uh, <laughs> what did you make of uh, the Saturday game in Vancouver? Um. What did I make of the game? I thought the orders hung in pretty well with a way underplayed lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn Hughes is an unbelievable oh. player. That's what I make of him. Yeah. You know, the problem that Vancouver has had and they're still having, I could see, it, it, they need a partner that could play as many minutes as they want Quinn Hughes to play. Mm-hmm. You know, is that Susie? I don't know that Susie's a 25, 26-minute guy. On a good team, he's a second-pairing guy. Yeah. They don't really have another first-pairing defenseman that can play 25 minutes. Like, yeah. if you could play Quinn Hughes with a guy like Darnell Nurse who could just play defense for 25 minutes and never have to carry the puck, yeah. you'd have one of the better pairs in the National Hockey League. But Vancouver doesn't have that. So they want to play Quinn Hughes a lot, and so would I, because he's unbelievable. Uh, their issue on defense is they're, they're a little bit light. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the better team on, on, uh, yeah. they had the, you know, after the first period, they took the game over and they should, uh, by my count, they had 17 regulars. The orders have 10. Yeah. So that was one of those games. Is it crazy to say that Quinn Hughes could win the Norris trophy this year? Mm-mm. No, why would that be crazy? Well, sure. I mean, you know, he I'm, could win the Norris yeah, I, I'm, he's my pick yeah. to win the Norris trophy this year. There's probably a Norris Trophy in his future. Like he's just—he's mm-hmm. really turned into a. He just skates like, 
oh my god he skates well he's yeah. patient with the puck he does the right vision thing. he looks like his shots better this year yeah. uh why can't he win a norris it, it's good for him it's going to be about the team around him how much team success do they have sometimes it's hard to win the norris if, well it is hard to win the norris if you don't make the playoffs i'll I, that's what history tells us yeah uh, but there could be Vancouver an exception playoffs, though yep. Sorry, Lorianne had one for you there, Speck. Something I don't What's know. What's that? Making the, like, if the team doesn't make the playoffs, how hard is it to win the Norris? Is that impossible? Well, I think, yeah, all the all the awards. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's start with a heart, right? How valuable are you if, you if your team didn't make playoffs? Yeah. You know, are you the best defensive player to win the Selkie if your team can't even keep enough goals out of its net to make the playoffs? If you're the Norris, you know, Norris... I mean, I think if Quinn Hughes just blows it out of the water and has a 90-point season, well, maybe he wins it anyway. Mm -hmm. But traditionally, Laurie, uh, traditionally, and I'm a voter, uh, teams that don't make the playoffs don't have a whole lot of award winners. There is the odd. Yeah. It's kind of like the Con Smythe in the playoffs. Uh, once <laughs> in a while, a guy from the losing team wins it, but not very often. Not very often is right. Um well, Speck, you are an award winner with us every day at 8 o'clock. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> there you go, partner. <laughs> okay, thanks, Speck. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, that is On the Mark, uh, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Um, we're going to bring in a new segment in this uh, last 40 minutes with Lorianne Munzer called Elevate Your Game by Ram Lifts. Uh, and Lorianne is going to kind of discuss how to elevate your game and not just, you know, players as far as the Oilers are going or whatever. We've talked about the situation with Brandon Sutter. We've talked about um, other things. How about we're going to maybe touch on the Ryder Cup and how uh, uh, a little putt that was two feet and eight inches is kind of making a lot of headlines today. It that is. Ricky Fowler, uh, you know, he gave the puck to, to Tommy Fleetwood, which was eventually the winning putt to give Europe the Ryder Cup. So uh, we'll address all of that when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show with Laurie and Munzer on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, Duke, were you rocking out to that song? Uh, that's Colin James, correct, right? That's oh, Brian Adams. Brian Adams? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. man. I, I thought it was... The uh, again, the kids did want to rock on Saturday night, and so, I, I don't think any Brian Adams made its way onto the playlist because I wasn't oh. in charge of it, obviously. Um, but there were some <laughs> other great uh, great jams to be played. Uh, it was a bit of a different... Most weddings I go to are of the small town variety, so yeah. very heavy on the country music. I'm out on the dance floor. This was not one of those. This was a friend of mine that I went to university with. Uh, so it was a little more... I don't know, mainstream music, I guess, uh, and wedding-wise, but oh. it was still a good time and uh, no complaints from me. Uh, so, Lorianne Munzer, when you go to these uh, weddings and things like that, I'm not sure when, if you've been to a small-town wedding lately, do you kind of, I mean, are you on the dance floor? Are you kind of Always shaking? on the you dance are? floor. I got some energy going. So, oh, yes. Okay, what, at a wedding, and the DJ throws a song on, and... Do you have a specific song that you go, bang, I'm out of the chair and I'm on? Footloose oh. is like the rocket one. <laughs> That's always a showstopper. Yeah. Anything with good high energy, it's just bring it on. Um, How about you? No, well, I, I can dance a little bit. Like I'm no Strudwick, but I mean, I'm okay, I think. The, you know... The, uh, Boney M, what is it? Ross Pacin. Oh, every time that, one. that's a wedding song, right? Yes. Like every time you're at a wedding and that song comes on, mm -hmm. people people flood the dance floor. Yes. Duke, uh, any other, what other songs? Uh, well, Local uh, Motion. 
Locomotion? Kali Minoa. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. That gets a train going. Oh, you get, yeah, okay. Gets everybody out of their seats. And train going. You just get the whole line going. Uh, Duke, what about, uh, what's that? Uh, I knew the bride when she used to rock. Yeah, that, that's a very popular one. Shout. Uh, like th- there yeah. are certain songs that yeah. they play at every wedding, no matter where you are or who's attending them. Like they're they're staples, and I think Footloose uh, that Lorianne brought up is certainly one of them. That's a favorite of mine as well. Get out there and uh-huh. uh, spin a few birds around and dip them nice and low at the couple of the couple of finale spots. Uh, always a good time. Yeah. <sighs> music, 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 and sports is everything. And now, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna, we can tie this in somehow with dancing at weddings, but we're excited to bring on a new partner here at Sports 1440 uh, in the morning, and that is uh, Elevate Your Game by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, it's uh, brought to you by that great company on the west side, uh, Elevators and Lifts uh, by Ram. Uh, you can unlock the potential of, again, in place with a home elevator or lift. You can learn more at TrustRam.com. So thanks to Corey Smith and everybody at Ram for uh, coming aboard on Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carey Show in the morning. Appreciate it. So, uh, Lorianne, in your profession, now after winning an Olympic gold in 2004, you elevated your game. Yes. At that point, um, is there something in particular, and we've kind of touched on this, you know, since you've been uh, co-hosting with us. If you were to say to... Um, and you do, you know, conferences with businesses, athletes, whatever. Your, if you could say in a nutshell, your main focus, your main um, advice to elevate your game is, and how do you fill in the blank? What's your go-to message, I guess? Absolutely. Number one, I would always ask you, what is your goal? And most people set the wrong goal. Mm-hmm. In sports, it's probably to win a championship, a cup, uh, the Olympics, a game. And then second question is, do you have a plan? Most people fly by the seat of their pants and most people do not have a plan. And I can tell you right now, your plan is not going to be perfect mm-hmm. ever. The thing is you got to get it down on paper, which gets it out of your head and you're halfway there. Teddy Roosevelt, president, mm-hmm. said... If you believe you can, you can. And that's part of it. But the segue to it is, what's your roadmap to get there? Mm -hmm. Do you know what your roadmap is? And the clearer your roadmap is, the clearer your trajectory is to where it is that you're going to go. There's going to be all kinds of outside factors that will impact it. Outside and then your skill level, your Mm -hmm. development. Of course, the mental aspect is my specialty and that is huge. So there's a number of different components, but those two are absolutely essential because you wouldn't go and build a house without having a blueprint. Yeah. So the plan is your blueprint. And I always look at it, even in business, even in how I structure my days, is what's my plan? Have I pre-booked my day? Have mm-hmm. I pre-booked my month? Have I pre-booked my quarter, my year? And then there's the actual part of it, and I'm going for the check marks. Do they line up? Like if I said, okay, I'm here on Monday with you. That's part of my plan. So I'm going to get the check mark because here I was here. There's preparation going into it. The rest of my day is also pre-planned. It's like you book a holiday. Yeah. Why wouldn't you pre-book your day the way that you want it to, to go? And I will tell you, nine out of 10 times, you're going to hit the mark of, yeah, or it's going to adjust and you're going to figure out things quicker, faster. You can make those changes on the fly. 
Mm-hmm. So that puts you in the athlete seat. And oh my gosh, the day is like 100% better just by doing those two things because your mind needs a target. If you don't have a target, you're going to be playing somebody else's game. And more, more often than not, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want to be playing that game. So even if it's just 1% more awareness, 1% putting it down on paper, deciding what it is that you want, getting people around to go, hey, Kevin, yeah, you can do it. Carius Munzer, elevating our game for Ramliffs. Uh, we're trying to anyway. Um, if you've got a text for Lorianne about, you know, your direction, where you want to go, and what, if you need a little bit of advice, uh, send us a text, one 1440 And again, this is not just athletically this is business-wise for uh, all the people that you talk to what's the message when you say to these people whatever it is like whoever they are what's the reaction they get from your expertise when you um, give them that advice I guess you could say normally there's a smile there's a shift in energy and the next thing is oh I never thought of it like that Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just having a different perspective will get you thinking in a new way. You've got the stuff and it's just a matter of bringing it out. I'm going to ask you questions that mm-hmm. will elevate your game literally. Even if it's just 1%, people are looking for 100%. They look, you know, life-changing. It happens on a trajectory like a plane leaving the airport. Right. It's it's just that beautiful progression and it's easier on your body. It's easier on your head and it's easier on your central nervous system because then you're not going to put yourself into a tailspin. Mm -hmm. Because if you have to make too many changes, they're not going to happen. Just make one. Focus on one thing that you want to do different. Focus on it. Hey, October 1st. Hey, happy October 1st. Let's do it for the next 30 days. Like send a text in. Let me know what it is. What's the one thing you would want to elevate and change? Um, when you see or hear, like, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've listened to a lot of Jay Woodcroft's um, news conferences and his message this year, uh, if you're going to use that, was about just win today. Yep. And whatever you're doing, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing because he talks about it a little more extensively, uh, in the sense of um, whatever you can do today, it might not be a game, as Jay says, it could be a rest day, but yep. do that day the best that you can. Yep, absolutely. So, um, when you when you kind of look at it from, uh, you know, a professional athlete, that's, I mean, these guys are getting tips and they're getting, uh, they might even be inundated with information and how to do that. How do you compartmentalize that to be successful, I guess? Simplicity. Yeah. Simplify it. And it's just... When you write it down, I, I'm I'm the biggest proponent of writing it down. I mm-hmm. go through so many boxes of pens <laughs> every month, and it's it's crazy. But the thing is, when you see it written down, what's one thing you can shift? And it's just don't worry about tomorrow; it's not here. Mm-hmm. Yesterday happened. Okay, what's what's one thing that you learned, and what's one thing that you can bring into your game today that will be better? And it's just being that 1% better just in one area, even if it means being focused for five minutes at work or at home or studying. You know, and that's what I talk with the school kids about is just break it down into little little chunks. 
How do you eat an elephant? Mm -hmm. One bite at a time. Everybody wants to devour the elephant in one bite, in one mouthful, and it's impossible. You can't do it. It's way too big, but you can eat the elephant. Let's just break it into breadcrumbs. Yeah. Uh, Lorianne Munzer, uh, Kevin Carey, Sports 1440. We are elevating our game for uh, Ram elevators and lifts. So do you get, when you talk to the kids, what's the difference, um, uh, reaction, uh, what are they getting out of, out of it compared to when you speak to, you know, older athletes or business people? Oh, that is such a great question. Kids are more open-minded mm-hmm. and they're open to accepting the idea. What if you could be 1% better? What if you could just focus for five minutes and they go out and they do it and then they see the shift and it's like, okay, go do it again. Now, how good can you get? Because they don't have all the junk in their head going, you know what? I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not fast enough. I'm, I'm too old. I was told I was too old when I was competing. And it's like, no, forget about that stuff. Go play. And they're just so much more open-minded to accepting the idea of trying something because they don't know the word fail. They know fall. And that's one shift of one letter. I was talking mm-hmm. about that the other day. Yeah. It's like, as adults, we fail. No, you're, you're not failing. You're only a failure when you quit, when you stop. But you're going to fall down. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to fall down so many times, you know, figuratively speaking. But it's just get out, do it, try it, and then go do it again. And I always say try things twice because the first time you're probably not going to like it or love it. The first time you're not going to get the hang of it. The first time you're not going to be perfect. Perfect is overrated. Mm -hmm. But how good can you be just right now? Um, Here's a question regarding Brandon Sutter leaving the Oilers. So the guys that would have you know, that it came to camp, like let's just use Adam Ernie and, and Lane Peterson, for example. These were guys that were, you know, on, on a one, one guy's on a PTO and the other guy's signed. So they kind of know where their role is and they kind of, we always say in sports, what's the, what's the depth chart look like? And you say, well, here's the Oilers top six forwards. And then here's the Oilers. That's their third line. Well, these guys were fighting it out on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. When something like this happens as a player, do you go, um, I'm, you know what? It didn't matter to me because I was just trying to take care of my own game. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't matter that Brandon Sutter was here. I have to impress myself. Is that how you have to look at it? Or do you go, I even have more of an opportunity? What's, how do you kind of rationalize both those components to try to, you know, in this case, make the team? In sport, sometimes only one one person is going to be moving forward. The other one's not. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the whole picture. If you've thought about it beforehand, you know, what if it was me? Mm-hmm. What, you know, saying, hey, I can't do this. I'm retiring. Um, there's different components to that. And, and you've got to think about this. There's, it comes down to what you're going to put in. You're not on the list. You mm-hmm. haven't maybe been signed. So how are you looking at this? And, and you've got to think about this before it actually happens. Weigh out all the different perspectives, all the different things. That, what happens if you get injured? Mm-hmm. PTO, right? It, like, it's going to, you have a 50-50 chance. You know, and a lot of these, again, for, for a guy like an Adam Ernie or, or Elaine Peterson, they look at that depth chart and they go, oh, I, I'm not in the picture here. 
probably to get into the top nine forwards. It, it just isn't happening. They should be making they, it their picture. How do they do that? That's, you know. Oh, give me a call. Um, <laughs> I'd love to talk to you. Um, seriously, it's it's about doing the visualization. In athletics, you've got to see the plays. You've got to see you in that position mm-hmm. as that professional, as that high-performing athlete. Connor McDavid, I mean, he doesn't see himself as second string, third string, fourth string. He's like in the first string. But he is that, though. I know, but it was a progression to get mm-hmm. there. And if you want to have the results like Connor has, you've got to be thinking, how is Connor thinking? What is he doing? And then take those to level of your expectation to where you are, right? Yeah, but no, no, no. Because we, we know, okay, we know that Adam, Ernie, Lane, Peterson aren't going to do anything remotely close to what Connor McDavid does. Not yet. Not but, ever. <laughs> well, it's that simple. I mean, right? You know, and I'm not, I, I'm trying to get well. So they have to be the best person they can be. You've got right? to be stretching yourself. You've got to be thinking about how can I develop myself better, faster. Mm-hmm. How can I get more recovery in a quicker time? Am I putting the optimum fuel into me? Am I seeing the whole game? Mm-hmm. It's a whole thirty thousand foot view picture. But then you also have to bring it into segments. There's so many components to the hockey game. Um, you know, this is going to be a fascinating segment and because we can go everywhere with this, right, Duke? We can talk about how you can elevate your game through expertise like Lorianne, or we can go with um, elevating your game. Let's just even, you, we can use George Reed as an example. How yes. did George Reed elevate his game for the 12, 13 years he played in the CFL? So we have the opportunity here to kind of do take this wherever we want on a daily basis. Yes. So it's going to be uh, interesting. So kind of... Uh, a new segment, Elevate Your Game, uh, brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts, uh, manufacturing the safest elevators since 1987, trustram.com. And again, looking forward to kind of seeing where this goes because we have so many options to take it with statistical uh, uh, information, to take it with uh, how a player has moved from, maybe he's moved from the fourth line to the third line. How has he elevated his game? Uh, so looking forward to, to doing this on a daily basis uh, for Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, still more to come. Kevin Curious, Lorianne Munzer, Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, the home stretch with the monster. Haven't called you the monster yet this morning. Lorianne Munzer, 7 to 9, Mondays. I don't know how that name is starting to stick here. I like it. I think it's funny. Do you know who uh, gave you the, who penned it to you? Oh, my sister would call me a monster when yeah. I was, you know, giving her a hard time. But one of the best training gyms that I ever worked out in Toronto was called okay. Monster Gym. Oh. It was perfect. It was just like, ah, hardcore. <laughs> it smelled really bad when you walked in and had a lot of free weights, which is awesome because mm-hmm. you can really chuck those around. It was so much fun. What other, so, so you, I mean, you said you went 40 kimmies on the weekend on yes. your bike. Uh, that's a standard uh, little tour for you. What other um, things do you do in the in the gym working out to, to stay in top physical condition that you are? Well, I've got a, a pretty regular routine. Uh, the pool is open at Millennium Place because uh, they do the annual shutdown in September. So back in there, so swimming for half an hour, 40 minutes, a couple times a week. Uh, I wreak havoc on the elliptical machine, so really great for the cardio and endurance. And you throw in a couple one-minute sprints. If you can imagine mm-hmm. that on elliptical, that thing gets wound up pretty good that yeah. it sometimes shuts down, which is funny. 
uh, a lot of weights. I do some stretching. I do some yoga. And it's, well, of course, cycling yeah. three days a week. Uh, my mountain bike has been in the shop. I'm waiting for one part because I have a new shock. Mm-hmm. Dying to get back on that bike. Do you, um, um, on that, um, well, first, the VO test, have you ever had to do that? The oh, VO? God. I did so, it once and I will never do it again, ever. No. What? Just, it's just uh, oh, it's excruciating. Ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> it's like if you thought you saw dots before, you see spots, dots. And you go beyond what you think you can do. We we did a bunch of um, power testing at the U of A mm-hmm. when I was going like en route to the Olympics. And it was get your wattage as high as you yeah. could, as quick as you could, and hold it. And Kevin, you get up to that point where you can light the whole entire city and then the lights start getting dim. And it, it, it's just, you can, you can physically see and feel your power just dropping and your legs start burning, your lungs start burning. You, you don't have any, like a mask on or anything, yeah. but you're just giving her on those, remember those old Monarch bicycles, the white <laughs> and blue ones with the upright handles. And it is just, it's ugly. But man, I tell you, when you hit those numbers, it's what keeps you going. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, text coming in. Uh, this is a, a question for the monster. The monster. Yeah. Uh, This comes from Positive Bronte fan. I'm nearing 50 and getting into master's track and field. My tendency is to do too much too soon. I've been told over and over at practice to make sure I take it easy, don't hurt myself. It's great advice, but my competitive nature kicks in every time and we were doing short sprints and such. I see the same nature in my kids, even in warm-ups, jogging across the court. They have to finish first. Is there a way to turn that off? Should you turn it off? And is this a common mistake? slash issue among competitive athletes. Very uh, well-written text coming in uh, from Positive Bronte fan for the monster. How do you respond to that, Lorianne Munzer? Great question. I see it all the time. And you have to override your head, your mind. Because how we were talking before, what's your goal and what's your plan? So do you know what your plan is? Because... Uh, warming up, cooling down, I believe is essential. Number one, it helps reduce injuries, but it also gets your head into that game and it gets it where it actually warms up and it's a progression. Mm-hmm. It's increase, increase, increase. Because if you go out of the gate fast, you're going to empty the tank and you're not going to have a great time. So it's really holding yourself back doing the warm-up, doing the routine, whatever it is the drills are. And then when it's time, light it up and Mm -hmm. light it up like you've never done before. Uh, It's kind of the whole, um, coaches always say, I'd rather have a guy that I have to pull the reins back on Mm -hmm. than to kick him in the ass. Absolutely. Or in the ass, whatever. So that's how you see that kind of, you know, with this uh, gentleman's question, I think it's a gentleman, sorry. Yep. Uh, that's kind of how you see, again, with even his kids and stuff. A- absolutely. Is it different with the kids? Well, the, ki- the kids have picked it up yeah. because the kids pick up what whatever the, parents, the adults send yeah. down. So whatever um, you don't change, your kids will inherit, mm-hmm. right? So the question is, how disciplined can you get? And that's a progression. That's learned. Yeah. So there's a, there's, there's a certain way that I used to train when I first started and I look back and I just cringe and go, oh my gosh. But 
you don't know what you don't know. So if you were to ask Connor McDavid for hockey, like what's your warm up? What's your drills? Then what do you do for a game? What is your cool down? Do you cool down? Mm-hmm. He's got a system in place. So just the same as if you were training with me in cycling, there's a certain system, there's an order and there's a progression of doing things. There is in every sport, track and field. Ask Georgette. Yeah. She's got the same thing going on. That's what she's doing when she's working with her athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorianne Munzer, Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. So uh, next weekend we are off on the Monday because it's Thanksgiving. Yes. yes. Uh, so we don't uh, we won't be in on the Monday. And then you're on a little little tour, aren't you? I am. I'm on holidays. Uh, and that's something we can also talk about okay. afterwards is... Well, can we talk about it now? I thought you sure. were taking me with you. I, mean, I, thought, yes. I thought we were just going to leave the Duke here to take take over Absolutely. the show for a few weeks. Call in from London, <laughs> call in from Greece. So where are you going? Uh, London for two days. Okay. So I leave uh, two weeks yesterday and we're going to be in London for two days. I'm going to tour around. I've never been out of the Heathrow airport, so I'm so excited. I've got a number <laughs> so you of fla- you've, you've, you've flown into Heathrow oh. and then connected somewhere else? Absolutely. Okay. Whether it was to Germany, it was to France, we went to Manchester. Uh, it's a great airport. You can totally get lost, and it takes you about three hours to get out of it. And then I'm flying to Athens, Greece. I am going back to the Parthenon, mm-hmm. so birthplace of the Olympics and also where I haven't been there since 2004, since I won my gold medal. I did not see much that year. And then going to head to Santorini. I'm going to head to Crete and then fly mm. back to Athens, uh, London again for a day and then back home. So I, I can't wait, but that's really important as well. As an athlete, mm-hmm. you have to have downtime, something else that is not your sport. Right. Um, whenever someone says the Parthenon, uh, I always, it, it just triggers this in my mind, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and I believe it was 2004, because that's when uh, the USA won uh, basketball. Uh, he was asked, you know, did you go to the Parthenon? And uh, Shaquille O'Neal said, you know, in that voice, I don't remember all the clubs we went to. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, so. Oh, Shaq. Yeah, old Shaq. Well, uh, Lorianne, have a great trip. Uh, when when are you back here then? Uh, uh, November, right? Is it November? November. The first. We got a few shows sixth? off. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Well, have a great trip. Travel safely. Have Thank fun. You. Send me a postcard, okay? Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some photos. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's Lorianne Munzer. Um, real cool to have her on every uh, Monday, 7 to 9. Um Time now for a sports update uh, brought to you by Cattail Crossing. Enjoy half-price golf Monday to Thursday. Elevate your game without emptying your wallet. Book your tee time today, cattailcrossing.ca. At the top of the hour, Shane Peacock is in the house. We'll guess with the former Lethbridge Hurricane. It's a hurricane warning at 1440. Uh, First up, here's the Duke with a sports update.